Yes, I'd like to welcome you to the next episode of Crosscut Maker Podcast. And if you have been tracking over the past year and a half, this there are pretty much eschatological slash current event updates. And I was doing them about once a month, and but I that just kind of like I'd get enough uh, information that I thought was important to report on, and then I would do it whenever the time was. So it was like every two weeks, and it became a month, and now it's been a little bit more frequent. This is going to be another brief one. The last one was a brief one, uh, where we dealt with, you know, of course, the Israeli-Gaza conflict and the ceasefire and everything happened. But what I mentioned last time is what I was really focused on for the past, I guess, month, month and a half, is the Israeli elections. Um, If you have listen to my podcast or observe my website over the past two years or so, I frequently mentioned that I do not believe, I'm, I'm fully convinced that Benjamin Netanyahu would not be the one who would make a deal with the Antichrist. I don't believe his personality or his politics would make that even a possibility. Because the, the covenant that the Antichrist will make with Israel, I believe, will it re- in, involve basically a surrender of arms by Israel and they would depend upon the Antichrist and the coalition of ten to defend them militarily. So I I just never have seen Benjamin Netanyahu as the personality who would ever agree to such a thing. It would have to be a different leader in my opinion. And of course there's been multiple elections over the past two years in Israel and I've kind of observed that and thinking that eventually that he would be unseated if we are approaching the end of the age but of course he has managed to keep in power but of course this week it has at least most likely changed now what I'll say is Israeli politics I know more about it than I really ever wanted to know um, but it's quite a bit different than US politics where you have um, all kinds of variations going on and the government could dissolve just about any time for what a multiple for multiple reasons and then you have new elections so it's just a very unstable ongoing process um, but also I've also learned a couple things that about Benjamin Netanyahu he's like a, like he's like two cats he's got 18 lives politically where he has as soon as you think that he is down and out and he's gonna lose his position something happens they call him the magician but um, because he has multiple times seem like he's on the way out and he's always managed to regain his or to stay in power as prime minister but this seems now that the uh, unity government that was formed by uh, basically the two people in charge of that are a, a guy named Lapid and a guy named the more important guy named Neftali Bennett where they are the kind of the core of this unity government but it involves all kinds of uh, different kinds of parties. You have uh, uh, far right, central, centrist, and you have far left um, parties all joining together. And their one unifying factor is has been to get rid of Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu is kind of like Donald Trump is over here in the United States. is very polarizing. You either love him or you hate him. And, um, and so there's just over the years there has been enough push back against him, even though I think politically he's the best prime minister that they could have, especially right now with all the situation going on around Israel. But regardless, 
it came down to they have what what happens is you know the, the president of Israel gives mandates to certain candidates who who have the best opportunity to form a government and you get like 28 days when you get the mandate and, and then once that it's like ends at midnight um, 28 days later and it was coming down to it with Lapid and Bennett where he literally they they got this coalition where it was signed into again it's not official yet they got they're gonna do that next week that's why i almost hesitated on doing this podcast because who knows what's gonna happen between now and wednesday is when the knesset will actually vote on it and it will become official and then naftali bennett would become the prime minister but that's not in that in netanyahu is doing all kinds of things behind the scenes to try and all he needs is a one i think to to convince to to turn on this and pull out and it would it would not happen so that's why it's very very volatile but still most people who know what they're talking about in Israeli politics believe that it's going to happen that Netanyahu will be out of office and Naftali Bennett will be signed into office and that would happen next week I believe so but it came down to the last minute and they ended up getting the unity government formed and so we'll see what happens with that. But again, I've been observing and, and watching to see, really believing that a significant step towards the tribulation stage setting process would have to be Benjamin Netanyahu would no longer be prime minister. Because like I started with this podcast saying, I do not, I've been fully convinced that he was nothing, he's no way he would make an agreement that is, that is what will be, what is seemed to be described in the Bible about what kind of an agreement this is. So that opens the door to okay. What about Naftali Bennett? He's going to be the prime minister theoretically for two years, and then Lapid would be the prime minister for the last. It's a sharing agreement, kind of like what Netanyahu had with Benny Gantz. But of course, you know Netanyahu did what Netanyahu does, and that is he kind of. Uh, in my, it seems to me that he kind of did uh, Gantz wrong. And he intended to, never intended Gantz to be the prime minister. So he's Netanyahu's a sneaky fellow. But regardless, and who knows? I mean, there are a lot of people saying this unity government, if it if it survives two years, would be miraculous. Let alone uh, four. But that's the idea. The, the important thing is Naftali Bennett would be the next prime minister next week, I believe. I don't know how fast if they vote. If it's immediate, I guess it is that they would be installed as prime minister. But that would be a significant, a significant my opinion event that would further accelerate things more towards the setup of the tribulation period which is what this podcast is about i'm not into israeli politics like i said i know more about it than what i want to know about it but i believe it's important in regards to stage setting especially involving netanyahu and it does appear that he is on the way out but next wednesday which would be June, uh, next one's going to be June 9th. Today is June 5th. And I think the, the, it was ratified on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. But anyway, next Wednesday on the, and the 9th, again, they're like seven hours ahead of us too, so it's the factor of that in, would be when the Knesset, is what I've heard, will vote on this unity government. And so about Naftali Bennett and this unity government that is, I think, important there's a couple things first off and most importantly of course when we talk about the tribulation agreement and what's necessary for the tribulation period in general is a third temple and uh, and 
that's one thing that Netanyahu never really talked about, and I don't know how religious he is. I don't think Netanyahu or Naftali Bennett or any of them are saved that believe in Jesus Christ. But you know, but at what degree are they in? You know, are they uh, dedicated to Judaism? And as far as I can tell, Naftali Bennett is much more of a religious person than Benjamin Netanyahu. But also, most importantly, I have seen there's this was an article from. February of 2020, and it was about Naftali Bennett. Of course, at that point, he was the defense minister under Netanyahu. They were used to be uh, political allies. They're not anymore. But the headline was, it was an Israeli today. Israeli defense minister, these are the days of the third temple. And uh, so went on to talk a little bit about how he has insisted that these are the days of the third temple. Now, I've never... And I don't know exactly all his views on that, but uh, I find that incredibly uh, informative. And I've never heard Netanyahu talk anything about the Third Temple. I've heard him talk about the Temple Mount and regulations and all these other things, but I've never heard him talk about actually a Third Temple being built. And Naftali Bennett here is quoted on a headline as saying that he is for the Third Temple. And again, I think he's much more conservative, much more, or he's much more religious when it comes to that. He's much more of a Zionist when it comes to that. And uh, so he, that obviously uh, would be an incredibly important view to have as Israeli's Prime Minister if you are interested in the Third Temple. Which Netanyahu never mentioned, didn't seem like he was concerned about that, but Bennett as a new Prime Minister, if he gets in, would actually, would bring that piece to the, a gigantic piece of the puzzle to the table because again scripturally there's a there's a third temple in the tribulation period and I've always thought that it actually is part of the peace agreement that the Antichrist makes with Israel is that they get their third temple they get to build their third temple as part of that agreement. So Naphtali Ben in my opinion he adds a necessary religious aspect to the leadership of Israel that was not there with Benjamin Netanyahu. But also a couple other things about him is he is also um, not for a two-state solution, where Netanyahu was okay with that, and that at least on a human level, that's what seems to be the only way that the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is going to be resolved is through a two-state solution. I'm not saying I'm for or against it, because I'm not. I'm, I'm against it, really, because I, I, not to get into the whole dividing the land thing, but as I biblically, that's Israeli's land, and I think that it will eventually, when Jesus Christ returns, will all belong to them. But regardless, Netanyahu seemed to be okay with negotiating that, and Naftali Bennett has uh, is opposed to a two-state solution. Again, he's a, more of a Zionist. He believes in Israel should have all the land that is promised to them in the Bible, in the in the Old Testament. Of course, I don't think he would say the New Testament or anything like that because he, he's not a Christian. But that he doesn't want to give away land, another you know make the land of Israel. In the Old Testament, that would be promised to them, and give that to another people group for a nation. So he's opposed to a two-state solution. So that would seem to be um, uh, kind of counterproductive to the peace process going forward. But I've also heard the new Israeli unity government has set aside issues like um, settlements and annexation um, that have hindered peace efforts. So Netanyahu was all about getting more land and again claiming 
uh, land that was scripturally Old Testament of, of Israel. And there's more and more archaeological findings proving, of course, what scripture is true, that the Jews did have a homeland here, and it's just more and more evidence there. So as that comes along, there's been more and more aggression for Israel to claim what they believe in is rightfully theirs. So you have different very different factors here with Bennett, where you know you think um, the fact that he this unity government at least has apparently set aside issues like settlements and annexation that has hindered peace efforts, but also the two he's being opposed to the Tuesday solution would be something that would that would seem to um, hinder the peace efforts. So you have different things there again. Who knows? Uh, and then you throw in the aspect of the Third Temple and everything else. And as I've said multiple times, and this is where I think is important to remember as a Christian, as somebody who believes, especially if you believe in premillennial eschatology, that what they don't see, and I'm talking about Jews and the world and the Antichrist global government, all these other things that are building together right now, they don't see, in my opinion, is the is the hidden accelerant to the tribulation which is the glorification and removal of Christ's true church a global cataclysmic event referred to of course as the rapture where the primary reason I've always believed that that happens before the tribulation period is because it it sets the stage it not only precedes the tribulation but it sets the environment it's like, a, it's like the final global birth pang it makes everything else that's happened as we're building towards the tribulation period seem like small change compared to an event like that and so so we have just more factors falling into place you have an Israeli prime minister again hypothetically if assuming this goes through if he doesn't go through I'll do another podcast next week and just say scratch it you know we'll just see what happens but um, where he would be interested in the third temple again you could just kind of figure in your mind well you can see all right well he's against the two-state solution he wants the third temple you know, and all these things with, okay, well, how would you, again, I think the third temple is going to be the closing deal for Israel. So maybe he would sacrifice, you know, go ahead and create the state of Palestine in order to get the third temple. And, you know, just, you never, we never, we don't know how these negotiations would go. But again, if I'm correct on my theology, that this would proceed at the after the rapture of the church would create an environment of the world where everything would change. It's like the flood or the, you know, there's just a, it's a biblical cataclysmic event where God directly intervenes and does something supernatural, which is what that is. The glorification and removal of people is a supernatural, miraculous act on a global scale that would change everything. And so, but you, but again, all these pieces are already falling into place, and then you'd have that cataclysmic event that would be an accelerant to close the deal. So I don't believe that uh, the rapture and the day of the tribulation agreement i do not believe is i mean theoretically it could be but i think it, it the rapture is not going to be the day that the seven-year peace agreement is made that starts the tribulation period i believe the rapture precedes that um it wouldn't you know but i don't think it's going to be much time because you see all the stage setting already in place everything is just ready to go you just need that that accelerant which the rapture would provide and then everything would close pretty quickly in my opinion there's a lot of speculation of how long after the rapture, does the tribulation period begin? And you've had, you know, I mean, nobody knows because the scripture doesn't tell us. But you've had some people say from days to weeks to even years, several years. Um, 
And I think the way it's working out now where the stage setting is so intense and, and we're still here, Christians are still here. And so um, we're seeing, I think it's just, everything's falling into place so eminently. I don't think that the time frame between the rapture and the tribulation period is going to be very long at all. If I had to guess, weeks or months at the most. Weeks or months at the most. I'd say maybe a couple months would be my guess. But again, I have no idea to know that. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is everything's going that way anyway. And then you, all we're just, you just need that final cataclysmic accelerant, and then everything will fall into place relatively quickly, in my opinion. And again, this is just a huge piece of the puzzle. If this does actually go through and Netanyahu is out as prime minister, and this unity government comes in and Naftali Bennett would take over. But exactly how all this would work out, of course, only the Lord knows. And one other final thing, you know, just kind of uh, verifying more of the ecumenical, one unified world religion uh, attitude is there's, there was announced this week that something called the House of One, a gigantic building, I guess, would be built in Germany. And it would be a housing to Islamic, there would be an Islamic congregation there, there would be a Jewish congregation there, and there would be a Christian congregation there. Of course, the Christian congregation there would not be truly Christian because they would not, true Christians would not unify spiritually with two false religions, which is what Judaism and Islam are. But you just see more of this idea of just let's blend everything together. Let's get the three Abrahamic religions together, just like part that was part of the Abraham Accord attitude. Is just we all come from Abraham, you know, and so we can all agree on that. Let's just go back and just again this one world one religion, find our common ground, unify around that, set aside the differences. Again, it's not biblical when it comes to Christianity. If Jesus Christ is God, then that you cannot unify with a religion that would deny that. You can't. You, every other religion outside of true biblical Christianity is demonic, and so you cannot converge those. So we're called to separate from false religions, to stand against false religions, not to unify with them at all in any spiritual activities whatsoever. So, uh, but anyway, and the Pope has been doing this over the past couple of years, just accelerating more and more. I don't know if he's involved in this building or not. I'd have, I believe he, I would guess he probably is because he's got his hands in all kinds of just bringing everybody together. So again, uh, the tribulation period will also have a unified religion. And it, up, at least up until the midpoint, then that gets destroyed. Everybody will have to worship the Antichrist, and you'll have a unified global government, as you can see. I think pretty clearly we're building towards that. But the but the big news, I thought, was that at least it appears very likely that Netanyahu will be out as Israeli's prime minister, and Neftali Bennett will be in, which I believe will open the door to a person who would make theoretically make a make an agreement with of course they won't know it but he will be eventually you know he is the antichrist and he will turn on them halfway through the tribulation period um, but at the time they'll think that he has his their best interest it'll probably seem pretty desperate i'd imagine after the rapture of the environment everything going crazy in the world that people iran and all these you know would probably take advantage all of these nations that hate Israel, Hezbollah and Hamas, and you know, uh, all these enemies of Israel would probably take advantage of that situation and get maybe even try to invade them or try to wipe them out. 
And so, it, so theoretically, the Antichrist could come in, or this global government could come in and say, "All right, we got to, you know, everything's going to, everybody's going to destroy each other. We got to calm this down." And they would make this agreement where they would become the protector of Israel against all of these Arab Arabic nations around them. And then, of course, they would probably have to. Uh, I don't know if surrender is the right word, and I don't know if this would be the case or not. Just this is the way I've always viewed it: is that that part of that seven-year agreement will be Israel trusting in the Antichrist and that ten-liter coalition and the global government to protect them, and uh, and so they would have to surrender, I guess, their military capabilities in order to do that. And of course, when he turns on them, they'll be helpless if that is the case. And also the Ezekiel 38-39 war where you have all of these nations invading, including the big three of Turkey, Russia, and Iran, which of course, you know, another side note is Russia and Putin. He's becoming more and more outspoken against Israel, which would be another necessary thing to happen. He's kind of been a friend of Netanyahu over the years, but over the past, ever since that conflict started with Gaza and Israel, he's really spoken out in very aggressive terms towards Israel. But regardless, that that war, in my opinion, will happen at the end of the first half of the tribulation period, and so you'd have Israel making the seven-year peace agreement, being felt like they have been taken care of, protected, and then you have this invasion occur at the end of the first half of Russia, Turkey, Iran, and other coalitions, including Libya, and they they invade, they get in, you know, it's God ends up winning this war, and so. That, in my opinion, is probably coincides with the time when Antichrist turns against them and allows that as part of their, um, as part of his his turn against Israel. And of course, he ends up claiming himself to be God, sitting in the temple, and so forth. It gets worse and worse in the second half of the tribulation. So the Antichrist is going to appear to love Israel, appear to have all of their interests in hand, appear to have all the solutions. But of course, inwardly in his heart, he, he, in my opinion, will always know what he's going to do. He's always, he's making an agreement just to make them vulnerable. And so the Antichrist, in my opinion, always wants Israel to be wiped out. Even now. You know, before, he, of course, he doesn't know, nor he will he ever know he's the Antichrist. Otherwise, he would, he would believe Scripture. He doesn't believe Scripture. Never will. He'll know he's, he's... Uh, in trouble when Jesus Christ returns and destroys him personally himself, but up until that point, who know? Uh, who know? I don't want to get into the mind of the Antichrist, but he definitely, I think, will make that agreement with in mind the turn that he knows he's going to do down the road. Just waits till the right opportunity. And that Ezekiel 38-39 war at the end of the first half of the tribulation period could be that opportunity. He's like, ah, oh, there we go. Make it, Israel could get wiped out if I just let this happen. And he lets it happen. And then again, he turns. There's a fake death, resurrection. He's indwelled by Satan. And on and on it goes in the second half. Where he he goes to destroy Israel personally. Can't. Turns on Christians. Mark of the beast. And then, of course, uh, Christ. The nation of Israel is regenerated at the end of the tribulation period. And they believe in Jesus Christ nationally. And then here comes their Messiah to save them from what is by that point absolutely devastation and hopelessness and so there you go that's my uh, update for today and I was debating on waiting until next Wednesday to see if it actually goes through but I'm assuming it will if it doesn't I'll adjust and do another podcast next week but if it does get confirmed I might do another one 
you know, I just kind of do these when big events happen. Usually I try and let just event, 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 do a podcast. That can take two weeks to a month sometimes. But then when there's something really significant, obviously last time I, I did one because of the Israeli-Gaza conflict, but this one, I mentioned last time what I was really watching for and waiting for, it had been like five or six weeks, is the political situation to get resolved. See if Netanyahu stayed or went. But then, of course, that conflict interrupted things. But but this, I felt like this was important enough to do. And we'll see, like I said, we'll see next Wednesday is the day that the Knesset is supposed to vote on this unity government. And we'll see if Netanyahu can derail it. Uh, before then, it seems like everybody has, for whatever reason, again, I'm, you know, if I'm on a human level, if I were an Israeli citizen, I would want Netanyahu to be my prime minister because of the way he operates politically. I'm not talking about spiritual stuff. Uh, like he's a Christian. I don't think ben, you know. I don't think any of those leaders are Christians. But but when it comes to political, I would agree with Netanyahu and his policies more than by far more than just about anybody over there. But I have felt that he is not going to be the one who makes the tribulation triggering agreement with the Antichrist. So this would be a significant step if, in fact, he is removed but know this he's going to fight from now until wednesday to try and get one per i think he only needs one person to to renege on this deal and to uh, go and not sign it and then i think what would happen is the knesset would have an opportunity to vote on a anybody to be prime minister i did i didn't sound like they any people would be too optimistic that that would succeed and then it would go to a fifth election but here's the thing important about all that stuff is that if that were if he just gets it to if he gets one person not to do the agreement and it just dissolves this unity government and doesn't make it go through he stays prime minister in the meantime until they figure it out so that's i think what he wants to do is just keep it keep it so they can't do what they're likely going to do on wednesday as long as he can just thwart things then he stays prime minister basically as long until that something like what could happen on wednesday happens so Time will tell. The Lord's in charge. The book of Revelations, not about the Antichrist, not about Naphtali Bennett, not about Netanyahu. It's about the, revel the revealing of Jesus Christ. We need to remember that. So up until um, the next time we talk, I pray that you will have a blessed uh, time. I'm, I'm thinking probably by the end of next week I will go ahead and do another podcast but let me close with the way i usually close and that's a biblical gospel presentation um because again all this eschatology talks i think my intention of it is most of the time again my heart wavers i confess that but i try to make it about where it would be seed planting with the lord would use later on to say okay somebody heard this and said this these specific events were prophesied in the Bible to happen. Okay, they just happened. Something just happened. Seven-year peace agreement just happened. You know, this and that just happened. Then, then the Lord would use that to regenerate somebody's heart and believe in Jesus Christ. So that's the goal of this, primarily. But we don't know anybody listening today. You don't know if you'll make it to tomorrow. And so the most important thing is to have your sins forgiven and be reconciled to God through faith in Christ. And so I'll close with the 30-second biblical gospel presentation. I close with. One day we will all face the one true and living holy God, and you need to have your sins forgiven and be reconciled to him before that occurs. That's what salvation is. It's about the forgiveness of sins 
and the reconciliation to God. And that only happens biblically by repentance, that's confessing your sinfulness from your heart and your hopelessness from your heart to God. So you're, you're just you're just laying it out there that you know that you deserve wrath for your sins. And faith, believing the gospel. The gospel is the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is truly man and truly God. You have to believe that and trusting only in his redemptive work. So you put your hope not in your work, but in his work. Not in your moral or ceremonial works, but in his work. And that is his sinless life, death on a cross for the sins of sinners, and resurrection for your salvation. If you genuinely do this from your heart, you will be instantly and permanently covered by the righteousness of Christ, and he will have been treated as if he committed all of your past, present, and future sins. If you refuse the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will be judged according to your works, and unless you have lived without even one sin like Christ, it will end in eternal conscious condemnation. So, I re reiterate, most people don't know the Bible teaches you have to be sinless, you have to be morally perfect in order to enter into heaven with God. And there, hence, the that's the gospel, is that he did, he was, you received his work. If you try and stand on your own work, morality, or ceremony, or whatever else, it better be perfect, and I think everybody knows nobody's life is sinless except Christ. So that is why the gospel is necessary to receive for salvation. Well, thank you again for your time, and until next time, may Christ be known.